1: Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to Season 3 of The Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world, and read my latest articles, or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. Welcome to a special episode of the show brought to you in partnership with Arlington Economic Development, where we discuss issues related to the workforce, the role of place in the future of work, and the role of the creative sector in a larger business context. We call this Return on Creativity. Today, we're going to talk about the future, and more specifically, how augmented and virtual reality will play a role in our futures. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Kathy Hackel, author, futurist, and chief metaverse officer at Futures Intelligence Group. Kathy, uh, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Greg. Happy to be here.
1: Great. Looking forward to talking with you. And I'd like to start by defining a couple terms uh, used in your title. So, um you're you how do you define the role of a futurist, and how do you define its importance to businesses?
0: Yeah, what I would say is when people hear the term futurist, they I think it's someone that can predict the future. But no, we, we, we don't predict the future. No. Uh, you know,
1: no crystal ball. No
0: crystal ball. <laughs> Sorry, people. If I had the crystal ball, I'd probably be doing this interview from, you know, my private island next to Sir Richard Branson's, uh, right, right. which I'm not. <laughs> um, but what I would say is future is really what they try to do is make sense of all the emerging trends and the signals. Uh, Try to look at second and third order effects and try to, you know, make we kind of see, you know, see around corners without predicting things, but we look at what are the potential futures, right? What are the ways that things could pan out where, you know, how that could impact the business? Um, You know, it's a lot about what I call futures intelligence, right? Being intelligent about the future and understanding some of the ways that, you know, some of these trends might impact uh, your business. And just like, you know, just like, a let's say, a day trader or something, you know, they wake up, they look at tons of screens and try to look at what all the stocks and and shares and and all the trades and and everything that's happening. Right. Um, Futurists like me kind of we wake up, we scan the horizon in in the sense that we look at news not only in technology, but also environment, economics, politics, you know, you name it. Kind of a very, very broad scope and try to figure out what are the connections and the patterns and how could this impact uh, potential futures.
1: Okay. Um, so you also have the title uh, Chief Metaverse Officer. So what what does that mean? And you know what, what's uh, what's a Metaverse marketing, Metaverse strategies, all, all of these things.
0: Yeah. So the Metaverse, while it does sound like a sci-fi concept, uh, <laughs> right? It it does come from sci-fi. It does come from Neil Stevenson's Snow Crash. And right. um, Neil, you know, if people have read him, he's a, a fantastic sci-fi writer. Um, and Neil, actually, I got a chance to work with Neil at Magic Leap. Uh, where he was our chief futurist. So very lucky to be able to say that. Um, But yeah, in essence, the metaverse is the convergence of our physical and digital realities. Um, You know, it is when the world becomes machine readable, clickable, searchable, likable. The easiest way to explain it is kind of where we're heading in some ways. So Web 1.0 connected information. So you got the Internet. Uh, Web 2.0 connected people. So you got social media and all the different things, good and bad, that came with that and then and then web 3.0 connects people places and things and i think that that's kind of where we're starting to go um it's this metaverse uh it's it's a vir- it's kind of a, a shared virtual spaces shared virtual experiences but it doesn't only have to be virtual fully virtual you know uh places people tend to think ready player one or you know or the or those sorts of things but it's it's you know it's pokemon go and ready player one and everything in between it's really yeah. Like I said, when the world becomes machine readable.
1: Well, that that leads right into the next, uh, you know, I wanted to dive deeper into augmented and virtual reality. Um, So, you know, why should businesses be paying more attention to these technologies? And, you know, when we were preparing for the show, you mentioned things like volumetric video and holograms. And, you know, what, why, why should this be important to businesses right now?
0: Well, there's there's definitely a few signals, right? You've got all the big tech investing millions, if not billions of dollars into augmented reality, virtual reality technologies and 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 all the things that come with that. And, you know, you have, for example, Snap releasing augmented reality glasses for creators uh, last week. You have then also Mark Zuckerberg in one of his recent, um, you know, recent calls. He was talking about how one of the hardest things to solve is creating a wearable computer, right? Something that people are going to put on their faces. And so, so it's not, you know, necessarily me saying you need to pay attention. It's really the billions and millions of dollars invested in these technologies. And, you know, it's interesting because here in the, you know, in the DC metro area and and, in Nova area, people always seem to always, you know, talk about artificial intelligence and in tech in general, Artificial intelligence tends to be that shining uh, topic that everyone's like, oh, this is going to change everything. And I'm like, yes, I agree. I agree. AI has massive implications for the world, but we forget about augmented reality and virtual reality. And in, in, in my point of view is these technologies will impact the way we interact with the physical world in a much bigger way than artificial intelligence will right? Because we're going to be, yeah, AI is going to be running things, but in the background, but the way you're going to see the world is going to be through AR and VR and and all these wearable technologies. So it's going to really have a much bigger impact in, let's say, our our daily lives and how we see the world in some way. Um, so, you know, I'm a big advocate also of, 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 you know, not having necessarily, you know, not having that let's catch up attitude. It seems like we're always trying to catch up, you know, to some okay. other comp- country that might be investing more in AI or or, you know, or even electric vehicles, why aren't we focusing on AR and VR, which we already lead as a country, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality were created here. Um, The godmother of VR, the godfather, the grandfather of VR, they're all Americans, all virtual reality and augmented reality currently, you know, is, is, you know, we lead, we are the world leader in AR and VR. And why aren't we you know, why aren't we having more of that discussion, Um, you know, instead of playing catch up? I feel like AR and VR sometimes gets relegated to the cousins table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, yeah. And to, you know, to what you're saying, it's like, it's, it's the, those things are the interface mm-hmm. to whether it's AI or big data or just whatever. And, and yeah, I think, I think interface is often, you know, it often takes a while for interface to catch up with kind of the underlying Mm -hmm. stuff behind. Is that, do you feel like that's true?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously with with AR and and, and wearables and, and augmented reality glasses, that's a really hard problem to solve. Right. You're you're basically making a computer people will will wear on their faces. It has to have the right battery, it has to have the right weight, it has to have the right optics. These are all really hard things to need to solve. And you know, and and, and this is interesting because I I come to this, you know, from experience, having worked inside these companies, having worked at Magic Leap, right? Um, and and really seeing firsthand how difficult it is to solve for these for these problems. So um, that being said, I do think that there are investments being made. Uh, In the federal government, you know, you've got the uh, the deal with um, Microsoft uh, Ivis, which is a twenty one billion dollar deal over deal over 10 years uh, to kind of create the, you know, the soldier of the future. Um, So that's for me a big signal. That's a big, uh, you know, a big contract. Um, And I think you'll start to see more of that. Um, You also have on Capitol Hill, you have something called the Reality Caucus, uh, which is the virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality caucus. Uh, on in Capitol Hill, um, you know, of a group of legislators that, are, you know, that are interested in these technologies and and really understanding, you know, what, what's coming, because it, it will be huge. Right. It will have a massive impact.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of talk right now just with the whatever people call it, return to the office mm-hmm. or, you know, people just kind of um, figuring out what to do. Um, I, I caution saying post-pandemic because we're not quite out of it yet, but um, but regardless, you know, just kind of the return to the office. So so there's a lot of people talking about, you know, do we, does everybody go back? You know, there's the JP Morgans of the world that's like everybody back in. There's the Twitters of the world that's like, I guess everybody stay from home. And, and I think most companies are kind of in between. With so much focus being put back on how physical space is used, what do you th- do you see AR and VR as substitutions for for physical space? Are they true, you know, augmentations? I realize augment is mm-hmm. is in one of is used in AR, but you know, how how do you see kind of the relationship to to the 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 knowledge worker, the office worker of of the let's say the near future?
0: Yeah. So you know. In person is always amazing, right? I prefer, you know, to be in person with my friends and my family. But that being said, you know, between if you have to choose between in person, a Zoom call, and VR, um, I'd much rather be in virtual reality and see them there, right? Because I do have a I do have a sense of presence. Um, I probably will forget, you know, a lot of the zoom calls I did, but I, I won't forget some of the social virtual reality experiences I had because in my mind's eye, right? In my, in my eyes, like I lived those experiences. I put on a virtual reality headset and then, you know, went into a major laser concert with friends, right? Yeah. I feel like I was there. I feel like, you know, I experienced this in real life, even though it was a virtual, a virtual world, but I was there with my friends, you know, for us, we went to a concert together. Um, so, so I think it's 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 going to change things. Um, I also, you know, I also see, you know, businesses, of course, are going to try to find ways to, to you know, to cut down on expenses and even reduce, you know, carbon footprints and, and everything. And I think virtual reality and augmented reality will. Um, you know, present great opportunities for them to, instead of having someone, you know, fly across the country for a 10, you know, for a a one hour meeting, uh, why not use one of these devices where you can actually go in there and, you know, see someone's hologram and, and have that meeting. So I think it'll be a combination. You know, I, I've spent the last six years working from home uh, and I love it. Like I, I'm, I'm not the type of person. I don't necessarily want to be back in the, in an office. Uh, I like going into an office every once in a while, but not all the time. And for me, you know, it's worked out. I mean, I'm a knowledge worker, of course, so I do have that advantage. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be it'll be somewhere in between.
1: In regards to augmented or virtual reality, I mean, is there is there one that you think is more viable right now or is it you know, what, what are your thoughts on the difference between the two and, as you know, in a, in a business context?
0: Yeah, I mean they're, they're 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 different. Obviously, virtual reality puts you inside a fully virtual world and normally blocks out the real world. Um, and then with augmented reality, you have more digital content in front of you. Um, there's a term we use in the industry called spatial computing, uh, which is kind of um, when you're uh, merging digital content um, that is persistent and it's in, in your in your reality. So it's kind of a step further uh, from augmented reality. So I think they all have their applications. Uh, I think VR is very powerful for us to be able to, you know, from a business perspective, put people inside scenarios that haven't you know, existed or futures that don't exist uh, or being able to train in a, something that's really high risk and in going into virtual reality and using, you know, VR to train people in that way. Um, and, you know, as an example, I, I partnered with the chief futurist at the Air Force to bring their global futures report into virtual reality, right? Because right now it lives as a PDF. And I said, well, what if we actually get to put people inside these potential for potential futures and these potential scenarios? And obviously the reaction to the report is very different when people have to live through it instead of reading the PDF, right? Where they can jump and skim, skim parts, Um, you know, in the VR experience, you actually have to (laughs) go through the whole thing and experience it. So I think VR is very powerful for training, um, you know, augmented reality and spatial computing, I think, are also powerful for training. They're going to be incredibly powerful for communication. Um, you know, and and I think all of them have applications for entertainment.
1: Yeah, yeah. What are some ways that companies can get started? You know, let's say they're they really just haven't made investments yet. I mean, what's what's a good way for a company to think about getting started? Um, maybe dip their toes in the water, so to speak. Um, without making a huge investment in in some of these technologies?
0: Well, definitely one of the big things, you know, as easy as just starting to buy a device, a headset, whether it, you know, whichever type it is that you're looking for, but, you know, putting on a device and really understand what is this technology? What does it mean? And it'll, I think once people put on a VR headset, for example, it kind of, they kind of realize like, wow, I could use this for this, or this is what this is, Right. Um, so things like that, educating yourself, reading up about it, reading about who are the key players. Um, I mean, I, I li- literally just launched the book, uh, my new book, which is called the augmented workforce, how AR, AI, and 5g will impact every dollar you make. And I really think it's a great primer for, for, for the business community to understand not only AR, AI, 5g, but there's also, you know, blockchain in here, there's IOT, there's cloud. Um, and as a primer really to understanding you know this new this new workforce that we're going into.
1: One kind of follow up to that. So on the on the book, um, could you talk a little bit about you know what you wanted to accomplish by by writing the the book?
0: So in writing this book, you know, we kind of wanted to counteract some of the narrative we see out there, right? Of um, automation taking all the jobs. And, and we're not naive. We know automation is going to replace jobs and is going to displace workers. But I don't think it's doom and gloom and everyone thinks, you know, like Terminator and you know, AI and robots are going to take over the world. Um, it was more like really trying to understand what do these technologies really mean for work? What do they mean for the, you know, our co-workers? What do they mean for the types of jobs we take on? Um, and kind of counteract that a little bit and think about you know why don't we look at technology as something that augments the worker rather than something that replaces the worker so more as a compliment um you know and and my co-author and I have both you know spent a lot of time working in AR and VR and uh, and gaming so so yeah we come we come to it with a very informed perspective and and yeah, you know, we're not naive. We, we know that there will be job replacement and, you know, and things like right. that. But why don't we look at these technologies for reskilling those workers and augmenting the worker and allowing workers to do jobs that they weren't able to do before, but technology will allow them to do those jobs.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that. And it's a, it's an optimistic approach. And I think we have to kind of do that. I mean, obviously, there to your point, there's going to be replacement, uh, you know, due to automation. But a lot of what I've Read and and uh, talked with others about is it's not necessarily replacing entire jobs; it's replacing parts of jobs. And so, to your point, there's there's going to be ways that people can potentially focus more on what humans are actually better at than machines, anyway. And ideally speaking, you know that that should actually help um, people be happier in their jobs and actually do more meaningful work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so one last question before we uh, wrap up, uh, in your role as a futurist, as, you know, as, as being exposed to all these, these new technologies and, and working with some great organizations, what are some technologies that we're not talking enough about right now? Uh, you know, we talked about AR, VR, touched a little bit on a few other things, but you know, what, what should we be starting to pay some attention to that's maybe uh, under the radar right now?
0: Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's not because it's under the radar, just maybe it is under the radar, but people just don't understand or know that these things are actually happening. But um, because of where I sit and because I am a futurist and kind of relatively well known in the industry, um, I get to demo a lot of these technologies. Right. So (laughs) I'm a bit bit of a guinea pig. Um, And I've been able to demo about four or five of the external brain computer interface devices. Um, What I mean by that is these are external devices that I can put on and they can um, Read my intent and read my thoughts. So, um, not so much. There, there's some headbands that help you kind of calm down and get into the zen thing. No, these are actual. You know, these are actual devices that read my intent. So, for example, I've been able to uh, change channels just using my thoughts, or scroll an iPad just by thinking about it, or you know, or input a code, or turn on a light. Um, so, yeah. being able to do these things, you know, very few people get to say they've done something like that. Um, I actually have one of those devices with me in my office. Um, But, you know, being able to kind of think through how we engage with technology, what is the most human way right now? Because, you know, I'm on my computer and I have a mouse and the mouse is a great invention. Um, But is it really the most human way to interact with technology? Possibly not, right? It It was what was available at the time. Um, so I think talking about brain computer interface or even just neural interfaces like Facebook, for example, um, bought a company called Control Labs several years ago for a couple billion. Um, and, you know, what they're doing is kind of a, a bracelet of sorts um, that you put on and reads your, you know, how you're intending to move your hands. Right. So that's I think has very big implications. Right. For how we engage and interface with technology, how we interface with digital content in our reality. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think people always tend to think Neuralink or brain implants and it's like possibly, but there's also this other part of it where, you know, where it doesn't necessarily have to do with getting something implanted in your brain.
1: Yeah. 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 I used one of those a a little while ago. I, I wasn't very good at it, but I, 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 was like a remote control car you could like make it go forward or mm-hmm. backward or something like that and i was able to make it like nudge forward with you know with, <laughs> with thoughts so i was i i counted myself very uh very lucky there <laughs> but no cool that's Great, great stuff. Um, Well, Kathy, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing?
0: Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. Um, I'm one of the top technology voices on the platform, share great content. Um, I write for Forbes as well. So, you know, check out my column there. And, you know, and if someone's interested in the book, they can find it on Amazon.
1: Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank uh, Kathy Hackle for joining the show. Uh, To learn more about Return on Creativity brought brought to you by The Agile World and Arlington Economic Development, please go to returnoncreativity.com. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.